0: to speak or not to speak? And that is the question, to speak or not to speak. Let's be honest. Uh, It's difficult right now in our current situations to know whether or not you should speak on all various issues. Not whether or not you should speak, but it it, it could be even harder to know what you should say. Uh, Listen, our our nation and our world right now And I don't claim to be any sort of politician or any sort of uh, scholar on these matters, but our nation, I know, is facing some tough situations. Uh, Daily in the news, we hear the word racism. We hear about division of whether or you're for the police or against the police, whether uh, you uh, are... On one side of caution dealing with this pandemic, or you are on another side dealing with this pandemic. Our our country is in just—it's crazy. I know that you've probably seen the memes and the graphics about 2020. I saw one the other day uh, that said coming next in 2020, and it was a picture of Godzilla coming out of the water and. Uh, uh, if you're watching, you don't know who Godzilla is. I'm, I'm thinking of my kids that might be watching. He's a big monster lizard. And uh, what ne- what could happen next in 2020? Right, we're heading into a, a national election season. And as I thought on these things, I, I was curious personally, and I, I was concerned with what what advice, what counsel, what commands does God give us in His Word? Uh, to, for for his children during this time. How, how, what does he say to us about responding or speaking or what we should say? And, and I needed some personal advice. And so really, this is my study that I'm sharing with you. Uh, I want to spend a few minutes and I du- want to direct your attention to what the Bible teaches. And I want to help you navigate what to say, what not to say, when you should say Whether you post, whether you don't post, whether you repost, whether you tweet, whether you retweet, when words are coming out of your mouth or coming out of your fingers on the computer, what do you say? What should we be speaking about? Every day it seems like there's something else we need to address, and so that's where we're going to look at tonight. And before we get into the points of the message, I want to remind you. And I want to remind myself, this is something that we just have to remember, is that as Christians, our loyalty in a time where everyone is calling for you to pick this side or pick that side, your loyalty as a believer is specifically and 100% to be dedicated solely to Jesus Christ. And we need to remember that because we should not have sides to pick necessarily and I want to explain myself with this. Listen, the Bible says, and I want, to, want you to remember this, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 says, What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Well, that verse is telling us that we don't make our own decisions about what we do, what we say, where we go, all the things that we participate in. It, our body is not ours, verse 20, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And this verse very clearly also applies to our mouth. Our whole body is God's. He bought it. It's his. It's not ours. And so we ought to defer to him as to what we ought to be saying. Philippians 3:20 reminds us this. It says for our conversation is in heaven. Listen, I am an American. I am glad to be an American. I love all of the patriotic songs. I love everything about this country, uh, that, 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 that just the great history. I love to be proud to where I live. We have great freedom here to have a happy life and to provide for my family and to, to raise my kids. This is a great place. But as a believer bought with the blood of Christ, The Bible says my conversation is in heaven. It's interesting that that word conversation isn't your typical word for conversation, like having a conversation with somebody, talking and speaking. That word conversation means citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we get into the message about our speech, let me remind you that we are governed And our bodies and our words and our actions by the Lord and his teachings, that we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. Listen, we're governed by the Lord. We're led by the Holy Spirit. We're not to be led by the spirit of this world. Satan has agendas and Satan has things he wants you to focus on and paths he wants to lead you down. But our loyalty lies solely with the one who died for us. And with that, I want to get into the message Because Christians must have a uniquely different approach. Our approach should not be the same as everyone else. There's something different about Jesus, and because of that, there's something different about how we also react and respond. What does the Bible say? I want to share with you four passages, simply four. There could be many more about your words and about your speech. How should a Christian use their words in the midst of all this? I hope it helps you. Let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles to passage number one, which is, which is Proverbs 10, 19. As I looked into this and studied this out, this is a reminder that I needed. Sometimes, you, you know, you've heard verses in the past, but they just kind of jump back out at you. Or uh, most likely what's happening is the Holy Spirit is speaking them to you and saying, hey, this, this applies to you. That conviction comes in. In Proverbs ten nineteen, the Bible says this, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. I could park here on this verse the whole night. These are Proverbs from a wise man. These are inspired words of God that tell us simply this. In the multitude of words, that means when we speak a lot, you know, we have a lot of opportunity these days to speak and let our words get out. Uh, You could just verbally speak to people, you could have conversations, you could have phone calls. But a lot of what's going on now as we stay at home is simply on the computer. We type, we text, we post on Facebook, we post on Twitter, Instagram. And all of these are our words that come from our our mouth. The Bible says this, and this is so important, in the multitude of words, meaning when we speak a lot, the Bible says, there wanteth not sin. Meaning if somebody's speaking a whole bunch of words and they're just saying things and saying things and saying things, and there's a lot of words coming out of your mouth, a lot of posts coming on your Facebook, the Bible says if you look for sin, it's there. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, meaning you're going to find sinful words, sinful communication in the midst of a lot of words. We ought to think about that. Uh, The Bible goes into the second half of the verse, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. I want to clarify this first, because this doesn't say to be silent. This is not a verse that says to be silent. There are certain things, as we'll get into later, the Bible talks about speaking up for, uh, speaking out against, uh, speaking out on behalf of other people. Uh, but in here, the Bible says, "He that refraineth his lips is wise." Uh, much of wisdom deals with our ability to have discretion. Uh, wisdom and discretion go hand in hand. Discretion is simply our ability to choose. Do you understand you have an ability to choose what words come out of your mouth and what words stay in? And we don't always do the best with this. The Bible says if you refrain your lips, you're wise. Basically what this verse is telling us Is that so often we have this tendency to talk? That's naturally what we do. We say, we say, we say. We say our thoughts, we say our opinions, we say our ideas, we say our feelings, our emotions, our angers, our hurts, our hopes, everything. We say it, we say, we say it. But God has given us an ability to choose, to refrain. When you refrain, that's when you withhold what you could have otherwise let go the angry words, the mean words, the hateful words, the words of mocking words of name-calling. The Bible says if you are to be wise, that you're going to be a person who refrains with your lips. It's it's important. It's, It's a reminder tonight. If anything, I want to remind you that in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Listen, it is a skill of life a skill of living, this wisdom, it is a God-given ability for you to not say something when even though you could say something. uh, You refrain your lips. You are wise. Let's continue on. I want to share with you passage number two out of four tonight. Passage number two, it's found in the book of James, uh, my life group. Uh, We had an awesome life group semester. Uh, A couple life groups are still continuing to meet over the summer, but by and large, if you didn't know, our life groups take a break over the summer. But we studied this uh, past semester the entire book of James, verse by verse by verse. We went through the book of James. And if there is a book that makes the clear dividing line between a Christian who hears God's word and a Christian who follows God's word, it's this book. This is a book of practicality, and I love that. It's a book that you can put into practice right now. You, you read it, it's something you can do or follow or, or heed or listen to. Listen to what the Bible says about our words in James chapter 3, verse number 5. And I want you to know that as we read this, James, he's writing this letter to churches, people that are scattered. Uh, there was persecution, there was trouble, trials, confusion all around And these people had a lot of things to have a lot of opinions about, but he gets into some teaching about the tongue and the mouth that we just need to remember here in this time. James chapter 3, starting in verse number 5. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. The Bible compares tongue to a fire. Let me continue and then I'll explain. The tongue, verse 6, is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. The, the tongue, the, the body part, the small body part that we use to speak and create our words is described as a fire. You know, a lot can start in a fire. A fire is, is known just to start with one spark growing up I think of uh, that big bear with the hat on and he would say, you know, how the little, the little fire would, you know, uh, only you can prevent forest fires, I think is what he said. And uh, the point was that a little spark and they'd always have a commercial where the, uh, the cigarette bud would light the whole forest on fire and I, I can't get that picture out of my mind. That's what I think of when I, when I read this. But a small word lights a big fire. I've had words shared with me of hope and encouragement that sparked ambition, drive and dreams and hopes to go pursue other things. I've had words in me that what turned my fear into hope, that turned my doubt into action. Words also can spark negatively a fire. There have been words in relationships that have sparked downward spirals toward divorce. Words are powerful. You could say a kind word to somebody and it could make their entire day or make their entire life. Words are a fire. Words are powerful. But what this verse tells us that I want to remind you, uh, when the Bible talks about speech on the whole, speech, what you're supposed to say, overwhelmingly what we find in the Bible is that God is often cautioning us to speak cautioning us to use wisdom in our speech, to slowly speak. And it's even in James to be quick to hear, quick to hear. Many times we're fast to talk. We just want to say our opinion. We want to say it right now. But the Bible says be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The Bible says this tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. Look at the words describing your tongue, set on fire of hell let me just make the obvious statement that out of your mouth could come a lot of bad things. That's all I want to say. Out of your fingertips, typing online, could come a lot of bad things. Out of the text messages that you send to your friends could come a lot of bad things. Uh, your tongue, the words that God is we have this great potential, this great responsibility to manage what comes out of our mouth. And the Bible warns us, every animal in this whole world we tame you tame your dog, you tame your cat, you tame all these animals. You've got the zoo, you've got the circus, they tame all the animals. But the one thing that man has never been able to tame is their tongue. And you can see right now that words going across from one side to the other is ripping the country apart. It's ripping our churches apart. It's ripping people apart. And we've got to at least understand to be cautious. We've got to at least understand that our tongue is a fire set on fire of hell and we can't tame it. It's full of deadly poison. Those are strong words about the tongue. Here's what I want to tell you, and here's what I want to caution you about. Be careful what you say, because you could be starting a fire that was set on fire of hell, a fire of this deadly poison. Listen, no man can tame the tongue so if no man can tame the tongue, who can tame the tongue? I believe that the answer is that the Holy Spirit, when you're submitted to him, can tame the tongue. Listen, how do you know if what you're posting is right? Well, you better make sure that it's God's lines up with God's words. It's God uh, given to you, and that's when you speak. Uh, the tongue has a great potential for evil. Many of us are starting with our words, digital fires, I think. I think maybe we we set these fires and we we don't know what the consequences are. Uh, Many times we naturally have the tendency to speak first, listen later. No matter who you are, we should always listen first and be slow to speak. We have to be cautious with our words. I wanna move on to passage number three. Passage number three. It's in the same uh, scripture here but makes a completely different point about the tongue. In James chapter three, I want to continue verses nine through 12. The Bible says, therewith, with our tongues, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh. He says, listen, Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, your mouth ought to be flowing one thing. Listen, you can't send a text message gossiping about your friend and bless God and pray at the same time. You shouldn't have it happening. You can't curse and mock and call names to another human being and treat somebody uh, in a a poor way with your words and also pray and ask God to bless your family and help your family and guide you and lead you. It doesn't work that way. Christians ought to have blessing only. Blessing only is what this is saying here. Listen, we bless God, even the Father, but we're cursing men that are made in the image of God. This is so interesting that it's uh, in James chapter two, he speaks about showing favoritism. And I'm not gonna get into this passage. I didn't take a lot of time to study James two, but he gets into, he says, if someone comes into your church and they look a certain way and you treat them good and someone comes in another and they look kind of poor and all messed up and you treat them poorly, Listen, you are wrong and you're showing favoritism. You are wrong and and you are breaking uh, God's scripture to love one another. Uh, You've despised the poor. Listen, he's saying that is not the way it should be happening. And then he comes into chapter three where we're at talking about our mouth and he says, you know what? We use our tongue, our tongue to curse men which are made after the similitude of God. Let me just speak candidly. I am by and large a conservative person. Uh, I follow conservative uh, politics and things like that. But I don't quite understand what happens when Christian conservative people begin calling other people names, begin disrespecting other people Uh, I I truly believe that the Bible teaches that there is nothing that should divide people. Pastor Tony, if you weren't tuned in on Sunday or you didn't come to church, we had over 400 in attendance in church here. We had two services, so we're, we're just fine under the guidelines if you're wondering about that. We had over 400 people in attendance on Sunday hearing a message about the fact that the church cannot stand if we're divided, the church never stands when we play favorites, and that includes our words. It's not right to, to say, you're not on moral high ground when you, when you say, I'm preaching truth, I'm preaching truth. You don't preach truth and call names. You don't preach truth and, and also speak hatred out of your mouth about another human being. This is so interesting. Um, the, the Bible says here that the fig tree doesn't bear olives, that you can't have sweet water and bitter water. This is, this is your mouth. You can't have gossip and have a love for God. You can't pray and slander another uh, sister in the church. You can't have hatred in your heart for someone that looks different than you and speak negatively about somebody, yet say, I love God. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to pick and choose the people you love. God loves all. He created all in his own likeness and we ought to speak with our words kindly to all. This means there's no place for hatred, anger, violent speech, name calling, mocking to come out of the mouth of a Christian. They may do it in politics. They may do it in government. They may do it on Fox News. They may do it on CNN, wherever you see them do it. And they may still call, them, uh, call themselves Christians, but the Bible is so clear And this is where we get our guidance, that you should not be being double-tongued, praising God and speaking about morality on one side of your mouth, but on the other side of your mouth speaking hatred and anger and violence. We can't do that. On the other side, Ephesians 4.31 reminds us, let all bitterness some of us are bitter at people that we don't agree with. Let all bitterness and wrath, that fierce anger that we have toward others, and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Those wrong intents of the heart, they ought to be put away from us and, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We ought to use our words to speak one message of love. One message. God's message. Every person, I, I don't care the reason you're speaking negatively about them, whether you, they, they wronged you or you, you think they wronged you or they're not like you or whatever your reason is, God says, we don't curse men. We don't curse men in this way because they're made after the similitude of God. We, we ought to be blessing God. We have that that integrity with our words. You know, many times, I, I remember I I had a job at a hotel a while back, and who knows if, if there's any connections to anybody on this, but I had a job at a hotel. And I remember, uh, I only worked there for a couple weeks. I remember seeing this double tongue play out. I'm not gonna give details, but I remember watching a worker come in, one of the cleaning workers, come in and speak to my manager. And my manager was smiling and kind and nice and uh, very generous and, and outgoing with that person while they were in the room. But as soon as that person left the room, they were as evil and as wicked as you could be with your words, two-faced and double-tongued. And I believe that's what the Bible's talking about here. We've got to be careful that with our words, we're not kindling fires full of deadly poison, poisonous, terrible fires. Uh, we gotta be careful that we're not turning one way to praise God on Sunday and then turning the other way on Monday and on Facebook and commenting and being negative and all the things that come uh, from our flesh. We have to be careful about that. That's a caution given in scripture. Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says this, walk in wisdom toward them that are without. means that when you... You need to consider your actions and your reactions in front of the lost world. Redeeming the time. And the Bible describes these actions and reactions toward them that are without. It says, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Just ask yourself if this phrase describes the words you're typing, speaking, saying. We have to be careful. Our natural inclination is to respond harshly, is to respond in criticism, to jump to conclusions. But the Bible says we're to have loving, kind words of grace seasoned with salt. The Bible says that words are nothing in 1 Corinthians, uh, that they're a a clinging symbol, that they don't mean anything unless they're done in love. And the Bible says love believes all things. That means love gives the benefit of the doubt. Listen, I, I wanna speak to Christians for just a second here is that we need to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so often, we might even treat somebody that have done us wrong better than somebody who has not done us wrong, but we just maybe have something bitter against them, or, or but it's a Christian brother or sister. We have to be careful. Uh, we ought to love. Give one another the benefit of the doubt. Don't be so quick to respond in a harsh, angry, negative way. Let's move on to passage number four. Passage number four. Now, the first two, these are passages of, of caution. Uh, these are just, uh, I'm sorry, the first three. These are just three passages that talk about your words, but there are many. I, I know the Bible talks about how the, our words are powerful, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof, that if you want, you can can bring great fruit in your life and in the people's lives around you with your words. You You can encourage people and bless people and pray with people and help people, or you can tear them down and hurt them. So many passages of caution about our words. But here's a passage, our last one we'll look at tonight, that gives complete freedom to be shared freely with our words. And I believe this is where we need to remind ourselves and turn our attention to tonight. It's in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark 16, 15. You're probably already there on the TV. Mark 16, 15 says this. These are words from Jesus, the one who we follow. Go ye into all the world... And preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As I studied about our words, I I couldn't find much in the Bible that said, share your opinion with everybody you can. Uh, Tell everybody why you think what you believe is right. Uh, Opinions in the Bible are, are, are never encouraged to be shared freely actually the Bible tells us use caution with your words. Our ideas, the politics, the conversations we have over and over, the Bible says caution, 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 caution. Watch what you say, watch what you say. Be slow to speak, slow to speak, be quick to hear. But then we get to God's word. We get to this message of the gospel and the Bible in every place chance possible. It says, freely share what God's given you. He says, freely share from the housetops. The Bible says, take this message and go into all the world. Listen, I don't know what it looks like on your Facebook, or I don't know what last 10 conversations you had with your friends, or what last conversation you had with people that you don't know. I don't know what the content of those were. But if the content was all your opinions and all your ideas and a whole lot of anger, hatred, frustration, and you're a believer, maybe your message isn't quite lining up with the overwhelming majority of what God is telling you to speak about. I think Satan has sidetracked us to say, pay attention to this, talk about this. Pay attention to this, talk about this. When God says, listen, what people need is the gospel message. The gospel message is the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. Uh, the, the fact that it's a message of forgiveness. It's a message of equal opportunity. It's a message for all people. I, I had someone call the church recently and asked me uh, if our church uh, believed that only heaven was available for a select few. And the truth is, the message of the gospel isn't a message for the select few. It's a message for every person. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. This is a message for everybody and it's a message that binds us together. It's a message of hope. It's a message where faults are overlooked. Uh, Listen, the gospel, uh, this is a message that should uh, just own our lives where we overlook the faults of others. It's a message of second chances. And it's a message not about this citizenship we have on the, in this country necessarily. The gospel isn't an American gospel. It's not a gospel that's, that's tied down to a specific country or location or city. It's not, a, it's not a message for police or any other group of people. It's not a message for conservatives or liberals. It's a message for all people. It's a message of hope. The Bible it's it's a message that Jesus lived out where he died on the cross for every sin of every person, he was buried and he rose again from the dead. That's the message. And the Bible says if if you believe that message and you place your faith in Christ that you too can be saved. See so many people are sidetracked. They they think the issues of this country is their major issue. But the issue is where's your relationship with God? The issue is, what is your standing with the God of heaven? I'm reminded so many times in so many stories, and we see it, that death is sure for every person. And it's so unexpected to come out of nowhere. And we've got to know what happens after this. In the gospel message, it's not a message of a promise that this life is gonna be awesome and great and have no trials, but it's a message of hope that there is another country, another place in heaven. And that's where our citizenship is, where things will be right there. And, and that's the gospel message. And Jesus said it this way. In Matthew 5, he, he taught, uh, beginning to get his words out to the people, he said, you have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. You know, that sounds like the message of our country, is love You know, love the people that are like you, but you ought to vilify and hate anyone on an opposing side. Jesus says, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Christians, that's the other Christians that you don't like. That's the other Christians that maybe have done you wrong or you have a perceived injustice from. The Bible says, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Our last passage that we read here says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let's not be consumed with angry words. Let's not be consumed with the hottest topics and the the headlines. Listen, those words, many of them are unfounded. Many of them are opinions coming from one side or the other. Our loyalty lies with Christ, and our words ought to be his words. See, God says to the Christian, use caution. Be cautious with what you say. But when it comes to my gospel, my message of hope, forgiveness, love, prayer for those that are different than you. The the message is clear. Freely spread that. That's what you ought to be talking about. Don't hold that message back. What is the message that you're sharing? Are you sharing that message? The question was to speak or not to speak. And, uh, you know, there is a verse I read today. It's in the book of Jeremiah it's Jeremiah 20, verse number 9, and I'm just going to describe this verse. Jeremiah described a feeling that many of us feel. He said that there was, he, he tried not to speak about God, but these words were like a fire in his bones. Maybe you've heard that. And they were burning to come out so that he could not hold them in. Listen, would we just pray that our the, the words that in us that we feel so, so wanting to share, many times those words are hateful. Many times those words are anger. We, let's pray that God would instill his words in our heart, his message in our heart, and that those would be the words that we're ready to share and broadcast to everybody. You know, when it comes to our words, the Bible said, and I'll recap here, is that We can't be blessing God and cursing men. Let us remember that our enemy is not a physical enemy. We're not against a person. It's a spiritual enemy that can be fought with prayer. But when it comes to using our words, our words have got to be his words.